We're so excited to be joined today by one of my friends, a board member at large here at The Pursuit, a real father in this region, and somebody who is walking with us to the next stage of God's faithfulness in the Northwest. I know that so many of you have already been touched by the ministry of Pastors Benny and Wendy Perez this weekend, and it's such a privilege to have Pastor Benny for the first time sharing with us on a Sunday morning here at The Pursuit. Come on, would you stand to your feet? I'll give a warm welcome to our friend, Pastor Benny Perez. Let's go, Pursuit! Give Jesus a five-second praise break, which means give Jesus a big hand clap. Give Jesus a big old shout. Okay, that was pretty good. Stay standing. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, okay? That, 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 you wouldn't even get that cheer at the Seattle Seahawks Stadium. They, they would say, what's wrong with the 12th man? Are you hearing me? See, they had the 12th man, but in the Bible there was a fourth man that showed up in the fire. So, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, um, I'm, I'm going to get a little crazy in just a moment. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you maybe ought to step over or two because I may be flinging my arms in excitement. Okay, you ready? Now I want to do this again. Let's give Jesus a big, big hand clap and shout because he is worthy. Come on, church. He is worthy to be praised and glorified and honored. Five, four, three, two. Awesome. Stay standing. We're going to go to the book of Genesis because they have given me 25 minutes and 24 seconds. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. You're going to be sitting for a long time. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And I want to give honor to whom honor is due. Great churches don't just happen. Great churches are led. And I'm grateful for, come on, your pastor. Come on, his wife. Come on, the family, the leadership. Come on, the pursuit Northwest. Give it up. 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 Some of you are familiar faces with Marysville people, and I'm, I'm grateful. The funny thing is, you all look older. I look the same. I don't know what it is. So anyway, book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the beginning, God. Somebody say God. Say it louder. Say God. Say like your favorite preacher. Oh, they sounded like you, Pastor Russell. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness covered the face, over, uh, covered the face of the deep. And... And the Spirit of God, somebody say the Spirit of God. Come on, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was hovering, was moving above all the chaos and the confusion and all the darkness. Aren't you grateful that the same Holy Spirit that moved over all the chaos and confusion in Genesis 1 is the same Holy Spirit come on, that's moving over the chaos and confusion today in our world? I'm not worried, my friends, because God still has the last word. Can I hear an amen? Now let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 3 for the sake of time and read it very quickly. It says this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were what? Come on, the heavens were what? Come on, pursuit. The heavens were closed to him. The heavens were, were tight shut over him. No, the heavens were what? Let me tell you this. If Jesus lived in, under an open heaven, that means you live under an open heaven. Okay, you have to understand that. And, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and resting upon him, right? And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Interesting that 
The father said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Before he did any miracles, walked on water. Because God's acceptance on you is not based on performance. It's not based on you getting it all right. Come on, it's based on him by his grace reaching out to you. And now he confers upon you his righteousness and now you're sons and daughters. Come on to the most high God, okay. That's who you are. Some of you are, are dealing with addictions. Quit saying I'm an addict. No, you're not an addict. You're a son or daughter of God, come on, who's battling an addiction, but you can be free. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Don't label yourself what God has not labeled you. Now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 is literally a commentary of what we read in Matthew chapter 3. It's very interesting that we read in Genesis 1, at the beginning of creation, the Holy Spirit anointing came. We were, it's interesting to note that at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the Holy Spirit, come on, anointing came. I think there's a pattern there. That means in our life, come on, when we begin our walk with Jesus, come on, we need an anointing of God, come on, to operate in our lives. So Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing Bad. Who went about doing what? Bad. Now, how many, how many of you rather have a good neighbor or bad neighbor? How many want a bad neighbor? How many want a good neighbor? Then you be the good neighbor. Come on, State Farm is here, right? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the Democratic, Democratic Party. Somebody said, yeah, look at you. All who are oppressed by the Republican Party, all who are oppressed by, 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 by this person or that person. You know the crazy thing is, the true source of oppression has never been a political party. The true source of oppression is not some philosophical idea about race theory. The, the true philosophical, the true source of oppression is not the rich over the poor. Are there injustices? Absolutely. Are there things that need to be changed? Absolutely. But man cannot solve things that only God himself can solve. The gospel is good news, not just about salvation, but the gospel is true equality. That you have the same access, come on somebody, to the throne of the room that I have. I, 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 you got to bring me back because I got my own thoughts on, on ideas and I'll wreck your church. Then I'll fly out back to Las Vegas. How God anointed Jesus Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Here's the tagline. Here's the tagline. Because he was part of the assemblies of God. Because he was part of a certain denomination. No, it says because God was with him. That's all you need. God's with me. Whether well, holding me back because of this or because of that, no man or woman could stop what God wants to do in your life. Nothing. Nothing. Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Take your seats. I want to talk to you very briefly on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've heard this in church a lot, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We read in Genesis chapter 1, I call your attention back to the beginning of time and the Holy Spirit was, was hovering. That word hovering is like a word picture of a, of a chicken or a hen that is now hovering above the eggs. And they create, they, it, an atmosphere is created where now that egg will eventually crack and new life will come out of it. I love the Holy Spirit 
Because the Holy Spirit creates environments, come on, where new life is going to come out of dead places. That we believe at the Pursuit Northwest. We believe at Church LV. We believe, most of my friends, that we believe in a supernatural God. Can you hear an amen to that? We believe that God is still doing the supernatural. Can you hear an amen to that? We still believe the book of Acts should not be historical, but actually should be present day in our lives today. We still believe that God can, come on, and does do resurrections. We still believe that God can, come on, and still does healing, healings. God still does miracles. God still does deliverances. God still casts demons out through his people. God, God still does the unusual. And so we believe that in the beginning of time, the Holy Spirit began to move. And a good word for somebody here, you just have some voids and some darknesses in your life. Make no mistake about it, everybody has a void, everybody has a darkness, everybody has an issue. I know you don't want to say amen, but if you were silent, you have the biggest one. I'll say it again, every one of us, come on, has something that we're working through. There's some issues, come on, there's some voids, there's some darkness. I know I have an in-law, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, everybody responded to that one, hey, hey, it's a universal one, hey, right. But here's the issue. You can always focus on the darkness or the voids or you can focus on the Holy Spirit that is moving above all that stuff. And the Holy Spirit was moving, moving on the water, moving on the water, over on. Come in. Come in. I don't know the rest of the words. But the Spirit of the Lord was. And we sing songs like that knowing how biblical they are. That God is hovering above this auditorium right now. That God is moving upon you. Come on, it's your job when you don't know that he's moving upon your job. That God is orchestrating things behind the scenes and you can't feel him. You can't see him. I often say this. If you cannot trace God, you got to trust him. you got to trust God. I trust you, God, that you're going to make it happen. I trust you, God, that no matter what the outcome, God, I still trust you, God, because you're that good. We go to the book of Genesis and then we go now to the book of Matthew and Jesus is starting his ministry and he goes into the waters of baptism and John says, uh-uh, I should be baptizing you. You know, you, you, I should be baptizing you, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, let it be so to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, I'm doing the will of my Father. Wouldn't it be great that we said, if I don't understand it, I don't care. I just want to do the will of my Father. God, what are you asking me to do? God told me to move from Southern California, from Orange County, California with beach and sunshine and he says come to Marysville the first thing I said was where is Marysville God and then he says right side of right outside of Everett where is Everett oh God and God says it's about 45 to an hour north of Seattle oh I know Seattle God and then I came here and man I got to tell you I'm glad I didn't know what I was coming to I'm glad that I obeyed God blindly because if God showed me where I was going I would have been like Jonah and left to San Diego California Sometimes, this is a word, this is different than I preached the last time, but there's a word for somebody right here. Sometimes it's God's grace not to show you where he's taking you. Because what you would see is something that he doesn't see. If you would have told me a revival would break out that would actually catapult me around the world. If you told me a revival would break out that I go to places in America, in Australia and other nations and people have come up to me and said, I came to Marysville. 
but you're in another country. I know, but I came to Marysville, and my life, my life never got changed. Be careful that you prejudge what God is doing. Be careful where you minimize what God wants to maximize in your life. I know it's not a big business right now. I know it's not a big deal right now. Tell that to a friend of mine that started a lash business, and they had started a little lash business in their living room, just doing it as a hobby, and they would not know 12 years later, and it's exploded to one of the largest lash businesses in America. And if I told you what it's worth now, it would boggle your mind. They didn't know that it was going to be worth that uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I want to prophesy right now, God is doing something in your life that it looks like it's small. It doesn't like it's significant. But I tell you, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. You better get ready because a, a, a rain is coming, a revival is coming, a movement is coming. Come on, do not judge God on what you see. Begin to trust him on what he says. I love this because now Jesus, he comes out of the water and what happens? You see the same thing happen in Genesis chapter 1. It says that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came and he hovered and he came upon Jesus and he anointed Jesus. He anointed Jesus and Jesus now hears a voice from the Father, said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he's led into the wilderness by the Spirit but comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And then he begins to do mighty healings and miracles and signs and wonders. Listen to me. If Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to operate in his life, how much more do you and I need to have the Holy Spirit operate in our life? I, I, I'm concerned with the church at large. Do not let my youthful looks fool you. I've been preaching for over 35 years. When did you start? When I was five. <laughs> Are you sure? You look a little bit older than that. No. And in my 35 years of preaching all over the world, been in Australia like 48 times and it's okay, it's my mom calling me, tell her mom was done. <laughs> I've been to New Zealand, I don't know how many times, I've been to Europe preaching, I've been to Latin America, I've been preaching around the world, I've been preaching all over the United States and, and, and it's interesting that I see the American church and it, it, it just goes from here this way to that way. And, and we want to we wanna just live just like this nice Christian life apart from any supernatural inter intervention. Because we, we don't want to be weird. Can I just tell you, you coming into a building, raising your hands, singing to someone you can't see, you're already weird. <laughs> no, let, let's just be, just be honest. You're weird. And the Holy Spirit moving over the water, is over the water, moving all over. What does that mean? No, when you have somebody comes into church, they're like, whoa, okay, I don't, what are you reaching for? Well, Jesus, historical figure, why are you singing about him? He's dead. See, listen to me, you are already weird based on the fact that you believe in a dead man who happened to be God. That they buried him and you actually believe he rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you actually believe in something that is beyond this world. You're already weird. Now some of you are too weird and you make us look like we're really weird. That's a whole nother sermon, alright. So watch this now. 
Now we go to Acts 10.38. And Acts 10.38 is nothing more than a commentary, a commentary on what happened in Matthew chapter 3. It actually gives us a little bit more information of what happened because it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. When did he anoint him? Biblically speaking, we know he anointed him at the baptism. So now the writer of Acts is saying to us, Luke is saying to us, let me explain to you what literally happened when he now went into the water. Watch me. He went into the water, right? And he came out. What is baptism? Baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is a declaration. I have said I'm a follower of Jesus. So baptism is I've been buried with Christ. Come on. And now I've been risen with Christ. And now watch me now. The same thing that happened to Jesus happens to us. So that when we say, yes to Jesus, we are buried, right, and we come back up again and we have resurrected life now in our personal lives. So what happens is, is that Jesus now, according to Acts chapter 10 verse 38, he's anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and that's a conjunction. Does anybody know what a conjunction is? I learned, I learned conjunction in grammar when I was watching cartoons when I was a kid. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Yeah. All the millennials are like, what is he doing? Conjunction, junction, what's my function? You're only getting what I'm saying if you're over 45 years of age. Come on, wave your hand at me, right? And some of you are too Christian. Your, your family wouldn't even let you watch those cartoons. Just go YouTube those things, man. I learned all, all this stuff about grammar. I like, ooh, yeah, conjunction, junction, it's hooking up. And in other words, it means and means there's more infomercial. Not only that, for 19 and 9, but wait, there's more. And you will receive a second one for, for just add shipping and handling for that second one, right? How Jesus was anointed, come on, with the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit, and say with power. There are, I believe, biblically, you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes in you. But there's still, come on somebody, an end with power that comes on you. So let me just break this down very quickly for the sake of time. Number one, write this down. I'm talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Number one, they'll put on the screens for me because they're amazing in the back. It says that God releases his anointing. We're going to anoint you with oil tonight. It's going to be very significant, very profound. There's going to be prophetic words that are given. There are going to be credible healings take place tonight. There's going to be breakthroughs that take place. And in my spirit, there's going to be demon-possessed people that are going to be set free. Are there going to be demon-possessed people that are going to be set free tonight? I'm not talking about your husband. You're like, yeah, God's getting you, bro. He's getting you. I'm not talking about your, about your wife. He's talking about you. Now listen to me. There's going to, see, there's something that happens when we anoint with oil. But we have to make sure, like Jesus... It's God who is doing the anointing. God uses people. But don't say, Benny Perez anointed me. No, God anointed me. Come on through Benny Perez. God anointed me. Come on through a prayer person. God anointed me. Make no mistake about it. God is the one. Come on somebody that anointed Jesus. And God is still the one that anoints his people today. What is the anointing? I didn't grow up in church, Pastor. What is the anointing? On biblical times, in the Old Testament times, whenever they anointed something, they anointed some of the, some of the items in the tabernacle. Whenever something was anointed, it was a setting apart. 
It was a sanctification that this vessel is used for sacred purposes. There's something special about this, this, this instrument. There's something special about this place. Why? Because this place that is set apart, come on, for God's glory. But the anointing in a very practical sense, and I just want you just to hear this because this is just me. The anointing is a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit to get the job done. It is God's super on your natural. That I cannot do it, come on, but God can through my life. So I have to believe that now I am anointed. So the question is, when did I get the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit in my life? When you became born again, those who are watching online all over the world. When you became born again, the Bible says that the precious Holy Spirit, come on, came inside you. He is a seal or a promise of God that you are his child. So I believe when you're born again, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. And he comes inside of you so that you now can bear witness that you are a child of God. Not only does the Holy Spirit come inside of me when I say yes to Jesus, like many people last night, but when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, he actually brings, come on, some spiritual gifts with him. How many would be? How many would be just be so cool that every that somebody said to you, "I'm going to give you." Who would like a brand new car right now? I'll give you a brand new car right now, okay, okay. I have enough money to give you a brand new car, but nobody raised their hands, okay. No, but but seriously, if, if, how many would love somebody give you a brand new car? Would that be awesome? What an incredible gift, right? Somebody gave you this, and then you got inside. But they said to you, "But but within the gift, there's still another gift." If you open up that box, there's a key to a brand new house. Oh, now you're responding to me now. Because you know how much houses are right now. See, the Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father who brings gifts himself. See, some of you, you're sitting in an auditorium not using the gifts that God has already given to you. There's gifts of healings that are here right now. Come on, there's gift of miracles that are there. There's gift of wisdom right now. There's discerning of spirits right now. There are motivational gifts. There are power gifts. There are vocal gifts. There's all kind of gifts. And the reason why you need to come to church isn't to feel in a church building, isn't to somehow do some religious duty. I feel better because I went to church. Usually it was an hour and ten, but now I go to the pursuit. Who knows how long it goes? Can I tell you this? It's not. <laughs> that was funny. Even if you didn't laugh, listen to me. Listen to me. The reason why you come to church, and I'm gonna, I want to, I'm pushing back on my church in, in, in Las Vegas. I'm pushing back in America. Well, I wonder if the pastor is going to preach good. I wonder if I'm going to get a word from God today. I wonder if I, 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 if I. The reason why you come to church is God, God, I'm ready, God. You got a word for me to give to somebody else, God. I want to be an encourager. I want to bless somebody. I want to release my gift. I want to do something. What happened if you came to church? Not always thinking about you, senor. I know I'm bilingual. You didn't know what I said, sir. No, no, seriously. We are so consumer, self-oriented. It's like, oh my goodness, look at, I told you, look at the parking here. We got to park on the street and we got to walk. And oh my goodness, I got news for you. You don't have to park here. Go someplace else. There's a lot of churches that are dead. 
You show up 30 minutes late, have any parking you want. I, I don't want to be mean, but you're complaining about stuff people are praying for, people are believing God for. God bring us people, give us a revival, let people get saved, let it be messy. God's not concerned about your comfort. I liked it until he said that. You know a personal trainer is not concerned about your comfort? A real good personal trainer, like the one I have, look at me. You don't get this. Naturally. How many of you exercise? Can I see your hand? You exercise. I exercise every day. I do a sit-up out of bed. And I do a slow re reverse crunch going back to sleep every night. How many said amen to that exercise routine? I got, I got guys in my church. One guy's like 52 years old. He looks, I'm not exaggerating. Wendy will tell you, he looks like he's 30. I, I, I would give you his Instagram, but some of you may lust. And I'm talking about you men. <laughs> he's so freaking shredded. He says, Pastor, Pastor, I, I want to help you get in shape. What do you mean? Because I get, you know, I'm a little insecure. What do you mean? You think I'm not in shape? He goes, no, you're not. <laughs> so he came to my house. I, I, I tell the story. He comes to my house. He was not concerned about my comfort. <laughs> he says, it's plank time. What, what's plank? That's what I put salmon on and cook it. That's that plank. I got one. Are we going to do salmon this morning? And he puts me in a freaking plank. And I start shaking. I go, I don't like this. It's good for you. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable. That's why you have your body. I got mine. You got to be uncomfortable. <laughs> and you laugh at me. But could it be that God makes you a little uncomfortable? So he could release what he wants to release on your life. So you can live a supernatural life. Come on, somebody. Number two, write this down very quickly. It says this, that, that God, well, 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 let me ask you a question. This question, how can I increase in anointing? I don't got time for that. We'll talk about that tonight. Number two, God released that anointing, the anointing of Jesus for service, for service. It wasn't for feelings. I want to fall down. Ha. I feel it. I love feelings. I love it. I love the experience of presence of God. I love it. I feel tangible anointing on my life. I feel fire in my hands. I, 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 listen, I am out there. I am like crazy. I'm crazy. Look at my eyes. I'm crazy. I love it all. I love the feeling. Come here. I love it. One, two, three. Bam. Fall out. Yeah. Shake. Yeah. But the anointing is not for your feeling. It's for your service. It's for your service. God anoint me with the Holy Ghost and power that I could go about doing good, doing good, doing good in my neighborhood, doing good in my city, doing good in my church. God, let us be like Jesus went about doing good. You know when you do good for your neighbor, 
You knew you're good helping to build that fence. You knew we'll do good when they're short on groceries and you buy some groceries. I know that is not flashy. I know they're not falling out. But could it be that you're doing good with your with your works, whether you're doing good with your with your words? Quit telling about Jesus. Show them. Show them Jesus. Show them that you're anointed. Show them. Jesus went about doing good and healing and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. I said this and I spent, I preached this last week. I, was, I think I was preaching in Fullerton, California. Was I preaching in Fullerton? Last week I forget where I was. And there's a church in Fullerton experiencing what you're experiencing. No, they're exploding. Just like you. And what they're doing is absolutely amazing. They're doing so much good. When they were doing their feeding programs due to the pandemic, lines, lines in cars were lining up for miles. Police had to come and shut down some streets, but they wouldn't shut down the church. You want to know why? Because they were feeding thousands of people. They were doing good. They were doing good. The anointing is not just a feeling. Come on, somebody, help me preach this. The anointing is to do good. Next time you're at Costco, Holy Ghost touches you because you're anointed and the Holy Spirit say, why don't you buy some diapers for the family that just had, just had a baby. Why don't you now help a family and buy some groceries. Why don't you be a blessing and why don't you go cut somebody's lawn and it looks bad and they didn't ask you. You just show up at night and next thing they wake up like, oh my God, angels came. No, angels didn't cut your lawn, bro. There's somebody who was anointed to do good. Some of you businessmen and business ladies, you want to know why your business should grow? You want to know why you should reach and millions and millions and have so much uh, profit and so much things that you're doing so you can hire more people. So you can be a blessing to so many families. The anointing is given to do good. And lastly, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Je Jesus, Acts 10, 38, says Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. All oppression comes from the enemy. The source of all oppression is not a governmental system. The enemy could use systems and people. But the source, come on somebody, is the devil. The devil could be a man. The devil could be a woman. And I want to push back on all the stuff that's, that's turning America into victims. I'm going to say this. You may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. I'm a person of color. I don't pay for this tan, my wife pays for hers. They don't spray me, they spray her. Mm -hmm. She'll tell you herself. She pays to be dark. I was born this way. And I refuse to allow a victim mentality to come into me. You're not racist because you're white. You're not racist because you're black. You're not racist because you're brown. Racism is not a skin color, it's a spirit that comes in a heart. Okay, it's all right. Half of you are clapping so I know what political party you are. Because we make it about political parties, don't we? And the enemy wants to divide us. Because if he could divide us, a house divided against itself cannot stand. God, I feel something. 
I was one of the few people of color in the denomination I was a part of. The Northwest 20-some years ago was not racially diverse in Marysville. I was one of the first people of color there. They, who is he? And the devil came and told me, try to, try to get me to go down a path. I remember the Lord told me, son, I anointed you. I called you. Ain't no man, no woman could stop you. Every door, God has blown open for me. I had guys coming, what marketing company did you pay to get you where you went? I said, well, it's really got three partners in it. Really? Mm-hmm. Where are they located? They're worldwide. Where's their main office? Kind of everywhere. Because I still believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I still believe. Come on, he's the one that breaks down every barrier. He's the one that could take you places, come on, that no man, no woman can shut. I don't care if you're a woman. Take off your high heel and break the glass ceiling. I don't care who you are, what color you are, what background you are. I don't come from a preacher's home, but I have parents that believe God. I have parents that believe God and said, son, you can do whatever God tells you to do. I feel an anointing. I'm going to release it tonight. If you don't come back tonight, you're going to miss one of the greatest nights ever. Are you trying to build a crowd? No, I'm trying to build your expectation. Woo, I could go right now. So we got to end because we have a 12 o'clock. Russell, come on up because you're looking too comfortable because I'll keep preaching. Look more nervous. I have to hurry up. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me, Eric. Listen to me, Eric. I was once, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or God's not begging for bread. There were days when I had to cut a burrito three times, three ways. There were days when I ate spaghetti. No shame on that, but that's all I could afford. There were days when my Tupperware was old Cool Whip containers. Some of you millennials don't even know what Cool Whip is. It's a non-dairy thing that came in plastic containers. And you didn't buy it for that. You bought it because it was the cheapest Tupperware you could ever get on the planet. Listen to me. And I was eating spaghetti in a trailer. Barely making it, Mr. Little. All hell screaming. But I had this dream. Morning. I had a grace on my life. And now people see me have done what I've done all over the world. But I never forget <laughs> how God anointed Benny Perez with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good in Marysville, Australia. I don't know how many states. Married to a beautiful wife. Three beautiful kids and a dog I really can't stand. He's up for sale. He's a Frenchie imported from Belgium, which means what? He cost me too much money. I want to sell him and put it into Bitcoin, get my money back. Can you lift your hands all over this place really quick? I'm turning it over to Pastor because we have a 12.